Hey, what's going on? Welcome to Angular Air. I am your host, Justin Schwarzenberger. And on today's episode, we are going to be checking out using Angular elements to make React components. Pretty crazy. A couple different uh, frameworks and, and libraries going together. We're going to see how that happens. We're excited about talking about Angular elements. I'm excited. I think our panelists are probably are too. So let's say hi to our panelists, then we'll meet our guest, and then we'll dive into the content. Joining us today, we got Bonnie. Bonnie, what is going on? Hey, 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 ich hab er Sinnen, which means I'm excited in uh, Dutch. All right, all right. Alyssa's with us. Alyssa, how's it going? Hello, hello. Enjoying the lovely fall weather and excited to be here. <laughs> all right, all right. Well, it's it's like 80 degrees where I'm at, so oh, it's not quite fall okay. yet. But... Okay, we, we're hitting the 50s here, so. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Mike, Mike, what's going on? Ah, uh, not too much. Just ready to hang out and uh, chat a little tech. I gave you a double mic. I'm not sure why I said Mike, Mike, but it is Wednesday. It is Wednesday. I know what day it is. <laughs> All right. All right. Our guest today, we got Brad with us. Brad, how's it going? Hey, how are you? Great to have you. Great to have you. And Great Ryan with us. Ryan, how's it going? Hey, I am doing well. How's everybody else? Awesome. We're excited to have both of you here. Um, why don't we uh, give our viewers a little bit of background on each of you? How about maybe we start with Brad? You want to tell our viewers a little about yourself? Yeah, sure. I am a software developer and engineering lead for a company called Sapphire Digital. Uh, we do healthcare transparency software. Um, but before that, I was a tech guy. So I was the IT guy, you know, desktop, Windows, server admin, all that kind of stuff for about 12 years and really worked hard to get in development instead. And I am much happier and it's amazing. And now I find myself doing DevOps. But like, yeah, right. the last several months, yeah, it's like, hey, you have experience in this. I'm like, great. So and he's been uh, he's been getting into the Angular community and started speaking at conferences a lot. And he was just here with his beautiful true. wife Holly, who we love. Uh, just what was that like a month ago? He was here uh, in uh, in Netherlands with Holly. Yep. That was awesome. Yeah, we like her. Yeah, I've been Tell her we said hello. Samantha and I love I will. her. She's I will. a super fun person. And so Thanks. are you. You guys are both a lot of fun. Thanks. We awesome. enjoyed being there. We had a blast with you guys. So it was good. Yeah. Come back and see us again soon. I want to. And Ryan. And Ryan, thank you. How's it going? Yes. Hey, I'm good. Uh, so yeah, my name is Ryan and I'm a full stack dev. I do a lot of work with Angular, of course, um, but finding myself doing a lot of React these days as well. Um, so I uh, run a small consultancy where I build software for various businesses and then also help out um, with team augmentation and stuff like that. Um, so I do a lot of front-end work, of course, but I also do a lot of work with Node.js, and I'm a big fan of GraphQL, starting to do more mm. and more in that world. Um, and I do some other stuff, some extracurriculars. I do uh, some podcasting. I podcast on uh, kind of business and programming together. Uh, you can find that on Twitter. It's uh, Coder Podcast on Twitter. And uh, lots of other stuff too, like uh, making courses and teaching other developers various things. So like you sleep when? <laughs> well, it's uh, been tough to sleep in recent times, not so much because of all the work that I have, but because uh, we have a young toddler at home and, uh, and another on the way. And so sleep has been a little bit tricky, but, uh, but it's getting better. Um, but I, I guess I sleep when I can is the, uh, is the answer to that. I was about to say, I can't believe that Alyssa is, uh, is talking like you never get to sleep because she's been running all over the world with a newborn, uh, I know, so, but I don't do like GraphQL and Node.js, so <laughs> you just fit it in, you know, like a little bit at a time. I'm busy, so busy, busy. I'm so excited about this show, though. Yay! Thank you guys for coming on. <laughs> for sure, thanks. This is pretty crazy that you're going to put Re uh, Angular inside of React. I think that's scandalous. So yeah, I feel like there's it, there's two pieces, right? There's the Angular elements, which we're all excited to always kind of talk about and dive into. And then there's essentially using those somewhere else, right? And in this case, using them in React. Oh, yeah. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah, you can use them wherever. I mean, you can even use them in like, well, I should have tested this before I say this, but you could probably even use them in web forms and like old projects trying to update old, old, just ancient technology. 
as long as the browser supports DHP. Yeah, sure. <gasps> so awesome. it could be a, an easy way There's to caveat. It could be an easy way to introduce some front end coding to a primarily server side rendered application. Oh, absolutely. Cool. I would imagine anything that can run scripts and HTML, as long as the browser supports web components with the polyfills or whatever, that you could drop it in anything. And it's, I know it's a solid strategy for migrating Angular JS to newer versions of Angular, but I don't see why that wouldn't work for anything. Mm -hmm. I actually like putting it in React because React is so quick to like get up and running. You can spin up a React app like really fast. And I, was I know gonna, Angular, I mean, yeah, I was going to ask, are we? Are we making a new React app or are we like, do we have an existing one that we're plugging stuff into? Like, what's the goal today? You know, this is well, an we've got one. you guys. <laughs> we've, got, uh, we've got an app, a React app uh, consuming an Angular Elements, which we can show for sure. But uh, I'm just thinking maybe it's worthwhile for those who aren't super familiar with Elements yet. We could go over what an Angular Element even is and yeah. what you might do with it. So, Brad, take it away. I was going to say, Ryan, go for it. All right, Where you go. Um, <laughs> all right, fine. Fine. Uh, basically, without sharing my screen yet and showing code, an Angular element is essentially a an API, an Angular um, library, essentially that you can take your Angular components, and then you can use this Angular elements API, not API, it's a library, um, to create web components, and they just create a web standard web component that then can be dropped in anywhere, but it uses Angular under the hood. So you get all the same fun things that you know from Angular. Um, there's a few gotchas, but not too many right now. Um, the bundle size is really kind of big sometimes. So if you're doing one component, it may or may not be worth it. If you're doing like a whole family of components that can rely on the same, uh, the same runtime and scripts bundle, then it probably is worth it. Um, but yeah, it's just it just creates web components and uses Angular under the hood. And then, so the idea is that that web, like you're saying with the web components, that then for us to use that component, we're using it in a web component component capacity in terms of there's no Angular to interact with it, right? Or just straight JavaScript, HTML sort of thing. We get that benefit, but like you said, it's powered under the hood with our Angular code and stuff, right? Exactly. But like exactly. once it's bundled up. It is no longer Angular, essentially. Uh, well, Angular is no longer Angular once it's bundled up in in the browser. That's it's just JavaScript. Yeah, hey, that is like uh, a T-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> Angular is not Angular so, once it's in the browser. Yeah, but a little bit of Angular delivers with that component to run it under yes. the hood, right? To make it do its magic under the hood. Oh yeah, right. yeah, cool. So I'm which one's going to share your browser. screen? All right, one, two, three, not it. We'll start with the uh, the non-elementized components. Let me share my screen. Uh, should be there now. And where are we? This is that. All right. Can you see my screen? Oh my gosh, we look like the Brady Bunch. Yeah. <laughs> I can't see it. All I see is my screen. All right. Um, we can see it. Oh, yeah. okay, good. good. You're doing a great job. I'm doing a fantastic job. You're all doing a fantastic job. All right. Um, what we have here is we have a Angular app. I should have run this app. Let me run this. Let me just do ng serve dash zero dash. Oh, not zero. Minimize this. Minimize this. Go back to this. It's going to open soon. We're going to deal with uh, StreamYard Inception for the moment. I'm going to make sure it's actually running. It is compiling. Sorry, I should have had this running before. I just was like, code, code. Oh, we should show what it does. I think oh, it's broken. Ooh. Why is it broken? All right. We're not going to look at that. My bad. Get blame. Get blame. It's probably node versions. That's exactly what it is. It's just a thing that happens when you're live streaming. It's like, of course, you know, the law of the universe. Okay. Hey, I want to I want to plug NVM really quick because see you're using that. NVM is oh, pretty yeah, cool. It's awesome. Uh, it's a 
uh, library allows you to switch node versions right on your machine. Pretty, pretty straightforward. I, I find it pretty easy to kind of add different versions of node. And then you, have, if you have to switch your node environment to one or the other, you can use that NVM use command and, and switch to one okay. or the other. It's pretty handy. I, is that a, do you think that's an IT thing or a DevOps thing that like your mind goes on? Oh, I need to do that because I need to talk to other people who are pulling the code and we got to solve that. And that feels like good. I mean, my, my, my DevOps it seems like goes to that. It seems like nothing. It seems like no big deal. And like, oh yeah, that's a good feature. Unless you've actually really struggled with that before <laughs> of jumping back and forth. And like, this requires this. And if you've been through that mess before, then it's like, oh man, that's amazing. But I think if you haven't experienced that, it would be like, what's the big deal? But if you have, yes, yes, it's very cool. You can't live without it ever again. Yeah, I think it's awesome. I mean, you really can't live without it. And it, I tried to get it working on Windows as well for because our deployment server is a Windows server, and it just didn't work correctly. I mean, it, it kind of does, but when trying to change based on like using an NVMRC file, NVM Windows doesn't support that, which is unfortunate. And why isn't my temperature updateinator working? Updateinator, I love it. <laughs> yeah. I think it's well, not. I think it adds a little bit of a complexity. But if it's if you're switching between projects, if you're expecting to switch between projects with any regularity, it is worth it. All right. Well, this always works during a live talk with shoddy Wi-Fi, but it apparently doesn't work now when we're like in offices with good Wi-Fi. <laughs> so this is exciting. I love that. Oh, there it is. Yay. No. All right. Well, anyway, should this have even worked, you would have seen that this is a little temperature gauge going up and down using Firebase as the uh, intermediary. Um, and this is just our Angular dashboard app with our typical Angular component in it, um, which is this. So here's our dashboard. Uh, we have our warning high temperature report for alert name. We have a high temp output. This is our, our Angular component. Um, we give it an input of Fahrenheit. We have a station component. So you know that this is the, the temperature gauge for the discombobulator. And then we have an output in our Angular component that fires an alert with the event. And all that does is update that alert name, which I can show you here. Uh, alert name, oops, alert name is a string. And then when it fires alert, it grabs the name. And also, hey, is there an alert here? And what that does is we have an ng if for has alert. So I love the discombobulator, especially. Who came up with that? Is that you? I did. Uh, it's yeah. actually a guitar pedal. Um, <laughs> like, but I always found it to be a fun name. So I just stole it for the purposes of this. Um, and the, the right Yes, the updatingator. I don't know if anybody had kids that ever watched Phineas and Ferb, but uh, I forget the, the the evil guy's name, but everything, every contraption he made was an innator. So like some schmerz and some of us yes. watch it act actively. Do <laughs> yes. Well, I would still watch it if I remembered. So. I watched it without my kids. It was great. So, um, yes, he would have like all the kinds of innators. So, all right, let's go look at our components for funsies. Uh, we have a component that has a lot of stuff for the the NGX grid thing, the, uh, chart, the bar chart. So this is just a lot of stuff to make the bar chart work for the example. Um, but... If we look right here, we have our output of high temp, and that gets emitted as soon as, where is it? Where is it? I have to use search. Good grief. Emit. And I'd spill it right. All right, high temp. So basically, for Celsius, if it's above 50, we're going to admit the current temp is a high temp. Uh, we're going to emit the high temp and send it to current temp. And if it's not above 50, we'll set it to zero. And that's for Celsius. And then Fahrenheit is down here above 100 or equal to. Um, emit the current temp. So what I'm going to do is make this work without, without Firebase. So... 
we're just going to go in here and we're going to set the high temp has alert to true. And you'll see here in a minute, load. All right, we have our high temperature alert. So all this is handled in the dashboard app, not in the component. So let's look over at our, our elements now. And if we run our element app in a new thing, wait, is that it? That's it, awesome. And so what components are going to be the elements? Is the whole dashboard? Is it just the one just, piece? Just the one piece, just the temperature component. Um, and the purpose of that was basically to show that you can emit outputs um, with elements, with these web components, um, and then you have to handle it in the whatever your parent app is. Um, so it will emit the uh, alert. Oh, yeah, wrong nerd version again. Um, it will emit the alert, but you have to handle that in whatever it is that you're consuming this thing in. Uh, use 10. So that becomes important, as we'll see, once we get to the React um, yes. side of things here. So as this application that you just ran with ng-serve specifying a port, which application are we running here? This is our element application. Yeah, so this is our non-dashboard application that we'll see pop up. And here's how I feel about my Firebase thing right now. <laughs> this is it. This is how I feel about this whole demo at the moment. So, yes. Uh, Hang in there. Element. All right, so this is our fancy little thing. It's been elementized. This is just the component um, that would be following Firebase and going up and down if that stinking thing was working. So essentially, that's just like a regular HTML page bringing in this Angular element that you compiled into an Angular element and rendering it there, right? Sort of. Sort Not of. yet. This is our elementized one, which I will go over now. Where's All right. So basically, what we've done is we've removed from the um, index HTML. We've removed app root, and we've dropped our component in here, um, given it a width and height specifically for funsies. Um, and then in our app module, we have added a couple of things. Um, we've basically added a constructor and injected or brought in our injector. And then we've done ng do bootstrap because elements operate just a little differently. It's not, it's not an actual angular app anymore as far as it doesn't self bootstrap. So we have to actually bootstrap it. And this thing right here, this create custom element, is what comes from Angular Elements, and that what tells tells Angular Elements what to do with it. You pass in your component, uh, you do your injector, so you still have your dependency injection for your component, and this is the browser API where you define the element, what it's going to be called, and then we're passing in the custom element from Angular Elements. Do you do all of this manually, or is there like a CLI command that's like, hey, do all Probably of this? <laughs> manual, unless someone knows otherwise, but yeah, it's pretty can, much manual. Can we dive into this a little bit deeper about what this is? So I'm going to ask you to do two things. One, yes. can you go up to where you're actually importing and getting the create custom element so people see where that's coming from? Yep, right there from Angular Elements, at Angular Elements. Okay, cool. And are you able to right-click on that and do a go-to definition? Mm, go-to definition. Yes. Okay. But so I'm just looking at what that's returning. So it's taken in the component of what you're doing or what you're trying to create. And then it's also taken into configuration of which you're passing in the injector that it needs. Yes. And then that's what right. it's returning there is an actual constructor. And that's basically what the browser is going to use to new up. It's basically a function to be able to create that element. And then, cool. and then if you go back to where you were, I should have opened it. Uh, you can do command PP. Command PP? Where you were. Yeah. Really? Yeah. It'll go back to your previous file. Oh. I'm learning. I always learn from Mike. Mike, you always teach me stuff. It's great. I can go back down to where you're calling that. Yes. So essentially what EL is, that variable, is a constructor 
and you're basically having the browser say, hey, define this um, tag, ISS temperature gauge, to be this element and basically fire that up when you create it. Or that's cool. the constructor function to use when you're defining that element. Nice. I did and, not know. Well, I mean, yeah. I yeah. just hadn't dug into it that deep. So. And then to be clear, that where you're defining that tag, you can make that be whatever you want. Oh, yeah. This can totally be whatever. Yeah, that could say, like for you, Brad, you could say that tag name should be Ryan-is-awesome. And yeah, Ryan. that would still work. And then like it'll still work, but then like does that change how like the React app is interacting with it? Not really. Uh, only if it's just the component name. So, I mean, if you changed it here and then you were importing an older component name, then obviously you'd have to change it. It doesn't really change anything other than how that browser references that element. Yeah. Yep. That's just the definition of what your entry point is when you are going to use this element anywhere that you might use it. Yes. And then that's, I mean, that's really all you need to do to turn this thing into an element um, is add angular elements, do this bootstrap, create your element. Define it with the browser. And then how is that being used in this element elementized application you've got running here? It's just when you run it, it runs the Angular app. And instead of having app root with uh, routers and all kinds of things in your app component, um, you just drop this, this uh, component directly in there. And it's actually not even using the Angular element at this point. It's just using the component. Um, but what it does is it enable when it builds it, it knows it needs to build the element because of that, um, those angular elements to create custom element. And then the disk stuff looks interesting. The disk stuff is not in here. So let's build it. PM run build element, I believe. Can you guys see that? Is that better? Yeah, that was tiny. Thank you. Sorry. I just like get really close to my screen. <laughs> Make it even bigger. All right. So right now it's running npm build, uh, a prod build with no output hashing. And then this right here is from ngx build plus. Um, it's a library that Manfred Steyer or Steyer um, built. And it's really cool. And it basically, it says single bundle, but it kind of creates three bundles. Um, and one is the polyfills, which is this keep polyfills. So if you have that, uh, that says keep the polyfills because I'm going to need them. Um, and then it does a scripts, basically a scripts file. That is all your runtime and all your Angular stuff. And then it does a main, which is your actual component. Um, but he, he did that because um, he wanted to leave it up to the consuming application uh, to put their own polyfills in there or um, any of that stuff. So you're not duplicating code and just sending a bunch of code to it. So here we have main and polyfills and scripts in this ES 2015 polyfills, which is kind of irrelevant at the current moment. Um, yeah. And then let's go to the disk folder. Let's go to the disk folder. Let's refresh. Let's get in the right project. Refresh. All right. Go. Close. All right. So here's our element. And here's our main. So all of the code you need is in here in these three files. So then let's go find it over here. Uh, CNG. Oh, it's a lower C. There we go. All right. So here is our static site that we've decided to drop the uh, component in. And yeah. So basically, you drop your scripts in here. And this is a little, I was playing with something else. So 
you would have your ISS elements, polyfills, scripts, and main, and then you just drop your your temperature gauge in here, which is now the speed gauge. So here's the background on this thing. We tried to change this talk up, and we tried to make it a temperature gauge or a speedometer instead, and it didn't work. And so at the last minute before our Denver talk, and I mean the last minute, we bailed and did our temperature gauge talk again. Um, and so this apparently is still in the state of, oh, it doesn't work. So, hey, um, the great part about this is order matters. So you have to load your polyfills, then your scripts, then your main first. Otherwise, Angular doesn't know what to do because it needs the polyfills before it can actually find out, you know, if it can use something or not. Um, obviously, it needs to load the runtime and stuff before it loads the component. So maybe we can talk over the scripts thing real quick here for a little bit, if that's yes. okay. So uh, from my understanding, uh, kind of try and break this down here, right? In our When we build our Angular app, and we use, say, the CLI to build it, we get the output in the disk directory of our index.html file with all the scripts that are needed in the right order already built for us, and we're ready to go. And we just deploy that artifact to a server, serve that up, we're good to go. In an element scenario, you've created your own app module, which dictates how to build the element and get that set up. That's going to have a build output, which is going to have these scripts. Um, all those scripts, for somebody else or some other app to consume them, they have to implement them potentially manually, like what you've done here, because the CLI is not doing that, because it's not building that other app right at this point. So, um, so it's a matter of taking the build of the Angular elements, the scripts that get built out, and in order to deploy that somewhere to be used in another app, we have to start bringing these scripts together and, and make sure that those are all part of the requirement to then make use of that element, right? Absolutely. Because, yeah, I mean, it's just at this point, it is just JavaScript and HTML, and there's no framework built around it in your application you're using it in, unless it's something like React, but then you would use whatever mechanism to load the script into React um, or view or just this HTML file. And then the helper library that you used with it had like the single bundle, is that also going to provide that opportunity to try and mitigate the amount of scripts that somebody might need to do, bring condensing them down into a smaller amount? So say yeah. that was would normally be like four right? or five additional ones they need to do script tags, but now you could say, hey, anybody who wants to use my elements only needs these three script tags. Yes, exactly. Um, yeah, so what is it without without NGX Build Plus? Is it like just a ton of script tags kind of thing? It is. Let me get to that real quick. <laughs> All right, so we're going to build it with uh, just the prod build without those two flags. I'm also, while that's building, I'm going to watch this. We'll go look at that real quick while that's building, localhost, 8080. And so, yeah, I'm still running another project. OK, cool, fun. All right. Oh, it blew up. Oh, new, OK, NVM again. NVM. My, NVM my default is 10 or 12, and it wants 10, so. Let's do that again. This is good, though. Like, I'm glad everything's blowing up because it makes me feel like, I don't know, normal. <laughs> it, it's real life development. It's good. It We're is. showing the experience, right? It is. I mean, it's like you can pretend everything works great all the time, and then it just doesn't. Like, I have no idea why this isn't working right now. Oh, I know why. I'm in the wrong folder. Wait, not that. If, if it makes you feel any better, I've seen a lot of that red text today, this morning before the show and stuff that I've been working on. So awesome. <laughs> it just feels all I'm at like, home right now to me. I'm like, I swear it works. I promise. Local looks, like my test. Local. <laughs> looks like the output of when I run my test right now. No, you're not supposed to do that. You're supposed to be serving out of the static site. What in the world? 404 not found. Oh, nice. They're not over there. 
Yeah, see, there's no, uh, no <laughs> script files. Way of script files. Awesome. It's looking in node modules, though. What's in node modules? It is looking in node modules. See, Mike, what would I do without you? Node modules, ISS elements. Uh, oh, I haven't published it to it. That's why. And since I doubt, yeah. So, yeah, it isn't there. But we can copy and paste. We can do all kinds of fun things here. Ooh. Ooh. Is that uh, like install by copying the directory over? Yeah. I mean, whatever works. Uh, I'm not even going to do that. I'm just going to go. Uh, I'm going to. I'm going to do this the old school way, reveal and finder. Is it going to do it? Yes. Okay. All right. And then I'm going to create a new tab. And then I'm going to go to my uh, elements, ISS elements, disk folder, ISS elements, main, polyfills and scripts. This is terrible. I should be using the command line. I'm sorry. Copy three items. Come in here. Paste three items. Go in here. Get rid of this. Oh, and get rid of that. And that. Why not? Why not? Why not? Why not? Oh, boy. Okay, cool. Great. Awesome. Things okay. may have changed since the last time that we were really deep into this. This is true. I swear. It's worked on my machine. This is your machine. <laughs> but what you're trying to set up here is real similar to what you had for, for the other the elements by itself, right? I mean, if, if you go back sure. and look at that index HTML, you kind of have the same thing within that project that you're replicating here, right? Yep which is here. Where's index? Index. So it's basically you're dropping this in, but you're having to import your scripts manually versus Angular handling it for you. Right. So the CLI is injecting those in because you have that part of the build process here. But the ultimate output, like if you looked at the disk for this one, we would see those same scripts kind of reference there. Yep. Right here. Oh, the runtime. See, I missed one. Because I didn't do the uh, the ngx build plus the single bundle. So basically, the single bundle takes the runtime and the scripts in this particular case and puts them together. And now, since we didn't use those uh, those scripts or those flags, um, it just ran it and created an extra file, which is the runtime, kept it out of the scripts. So I bet if I pulled the runtime over, it might work. So I think it's a good example. This is something we need to think about when we build, when we're going to plan and use these Angular elements, right? Is that this concept that you're needing to kind of bundle up these scripts and everything and get them to somebody, whoever's going to use them in the, this other application, whether it be you or someone else. Like these are all parts of the, the things that you have to deliver in terms of the artifact uh, for the Angular elements ah. that you're shipping, right? So that was it. I was missing my runtime. Yeah. So there's the web component uh, with outstyling. Um, for the most part, or without Angular material stuff. So there's the, the font's different, but. Uh, we never doubted you, Brad. I doubted myself. We never doubted yeah. you. Well, I appreciate that very much. Um, so yeah, so that's the deal. And it does matter. The, the runtime matters. Other than that, everything's great. And I do have a script in here. I have published this to NPM for purposes of the talk. Yeah. And uh, while you're looking that up, so for anybody who may have jo been joining late, what has happened is Brad and Ryan created some Angular components. There, there may be multiple in there, or if it's just the one, I'm not sure. But anyway, they've written code in Angular, ran it through a script that is available from at Angular slash elements uh, that is create uh, element. Uh, create Angular element or something like that. Is create custom element. Create custom element. And ran a build and spit out JavaScript and have dropped those script files into a straight index.html file and are now rendering that element inside of a 
static HTML file, which is awesome because that means it can be used virtually anywhere. Virtually anywhere. And the cool part was it even, I mean, Firebase, if Firebase was working, it would still be updating in this in this component. So you can embed services in there. You can do, um, you can make smart components. You can make dumb components, inputs and outputs. It will accept all that kind of stuff. So you could use this even to make, I know like micro front ends is kind of a touchy subject, but you could make little micro apps to drop in places and it would just kind of work. So you could make your own little uh, stock ticker and drop, drop it in wherever you want. Well, <laughs> and to toss that back to the past, right? With AngularJS, it was kind of the concept of what we did. We built these, you know, mini apps. You could have multiple AngularJS apps on a single page and things like that, right? Uh, where it provided all those pieces. And, and so, yeah, it gets to that point where but out of the box, Angular is kind of like expecting to be have one app on the page, right? Um, and so this allows you to have multiple instances and, and, and things like that, which I think is like not necessarily something new. It's almost like supporting the, the back history that we used to have, right? It's like the new iframe. Oh, did I touch Don't. the button? <laughs> <laughs> so would like the... The front of the new iPhone be a full Angular app, and the back with the three lenses be three different Angular elements, making one. Well, thing. yeah, uh, maybe I don't know. <laughs> yep, but like no, it's like I was talking to a coworker about this um, yesterday because we had an idea of maybe taking using NX for a mono repo kind of thing, and having two different apps, which are current apps that are split up. And we tried to use, we tried to come up with this uh, um, uh, reusable component thing. And so we had three repos, but the components weren't, they weren't data agnostic. So one app used it the way it wanted it. And they were primarily the ones creating it. And then when we were trying to put it in a different app, it just wasn't working. And we're like, well, what about this? This is, you've done this to us. You've put in a whole object into this component and now we don't have the same data structure so we can't use this so we threw it out and built it again and then it came down to them moving like an aircraft carrier and us moving like a little speedboat because of deploy uh, time frames all that kind of stuff and so we couldn't update angular as quickly as we needed to for the smaller app because we were dependent on these reusable components um, that we couldn't update because of them. Um, and so we'd have to update the component, components first and all that kind of stuff. So we basically ripped the components out. So we have these reusable components that are in their own repo that are being used by only one app. And the other app, we've rebuilt all the components internally in the app. Um, and so we're rethinking it again because we also thought maybe some of our clients would wanna use some of these components in their websites because they said, yeah, we'd like to be able to use component A over here just by itself to show whatever it shows. Um, and that brought back the conversation of using Angular elements to build these smart components that they could just drop in there, kind of like these micro front ends and build this stuff. But then we don't want to build it twice. So we had the idea of using the whole NX monorepo setup with the library with all the UI components being in there, setting up our two apps as apps in the monorepo. Um, and having both apps consume the library, but then having a third app that is an elements app that pulls the library in um, and then builds the elements and spits them out so that then those can be distributed as elements, but you're still only building one component. Um, yeah, and so the part where I'm currently falling down on is getting that library to build with Angular material um, elements like a map button or whatever, and actually build the button before it builds the elements. Because right now I can build the elements off the library, but I'm getting just my basic code, like input with a map button directive on it, and it doesn't do anything. So once we get past that, then um, this whole idea could be very feasible for that. What, um, about, uh, what about NX? Have you tried this in NX? Or, yeah, or considered trying that? Yeah. Um, oh, good. Publish. NPM run public. I think that's what you mentioned, right? That's where that's where you're yeah. trying to do it. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. I can show you what I've 
Yeah, I can show you that right now. Um, and it's working, it's not working, or is it the NX is, well, is like, yeah, it is working ish. <laughs> yeah. What the heck? DC. All right. For those of you who have dyslexia, thank you. Um, that would be me. Uh, all right. So in NX, the way this looks in NX is you have you have a an apps folder, and this is exactly what I was just describing. You have a main folder or your main app which is a shop, so like, you know, e-commerce site, and you have your app component. And I've currently pulled in two different things, two different components from the library, which you can see here. Where did they go? Son of a... Why? Why? In the app module? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> Man, I'm taken by surprise. All right, so shop widgets module is coming from NX components lib, which is the name of this whole NX workspace, and the shop widgets um, library, which is down here in the libs. And this is the shop widgets library, and these are my two components, the add to cart component and the cart component. And they are exported through an index file, a barrel file. And this is where I had to do a little bit of weird stuff, uh, exporting the components as well. Um, exporting the components as well so that in the elements project, you can then go into the app module folder or file here and do our manual bootstrapping and our custom elements, our create custom element thing, um, and pull in the, um, pull in the, this is wrong. Okay, good. Pull in the components so that they could actually be built as elements. And all of this works except down here where it's trying to build the button. So it works, but it outputs this exact code. So that's what I'm working on at the moment. And I'm sure it's something simple. It's got to be super simple. I'm just missing something, which happens a lot with me. So my, yeah. my guess would be that it's bringing in the material uh, module, like where is that being brought in at, right? Is it, it is. being brought in for the app module for the build of the elements? It's in both. Yeah, it's in both. So not there, here. Um, the map button module is being brought in here. So what I've found so far is it looks like you have to build the library first before bringing it in and um, trying to depend on that with the elements. So looks like you almost have to import it from the dist folder, which doesn't sound very awesome to me, but it might be the way it has to go. So anyway, that's just something I'm, working on trying to get this figured out. Um, and it's kind of fun. It's just something fun. I don't know. I, I mean, all of this, I have no idea how useful it is or if it's a good idea or not, but it's just something fun to mess with and see where you can push the boundaries of, of reusability and the tools that we have and crazy ideas. Well, I, I can throw in some two cents on uh, backing how useful it can be. <laughs> oh, yeah, sure. uh, one of the benefits that you get from this, right, with this mono repo and, and this thing is that now you have these components, right, these Angular components that you can use across apps like you're doing as Angular components, but you could also build those to the elements and use them as elements to, to have them shipped off somewhere else. And you're managing all that code in one spot. And you also get the benefit of everything across that platform is all using the same dependencies as well, right? Same version of Angular, same you know uh, other dependencies that it uses. Everything stays in sync across that board. Uh, but and the other thing I wanted to point out too here is that 
I love NX and I think it's awesome and I and it's super powerful. But I also do want to point out that like this this approach that you're doing right here is really Angular CLI powered. So you could do this in an Angular CLI app without NX, right? You can do that as well with just a CLI app. And essentially that's what NX is doing. NX is adding a bunch of other um, power tooling on top of the CLI, but under the hood, it's it's your CLI structure for for doing this. So you can actually handle your CLI to get here as well. Um, and okay. get to this, this realm of being able to have multiple libs where you share code across multiple apps all within one uh, repo or one workspace. Cool. Yeah. No, I think. I mean, I think it's a good idea, which is why I'm trying it. But I mean, I won't know until we get into it and try it and find out. Hey, it may or may not be a good idea, but it sounds like a good idea in theory. And and the NX thing, I was just like, yeah. Like I said, Jeff Cross is like, why don't you use NX for this? So that's what sparked this whole you know, project trying to figure this out. Um, and I really want it to work. So yeah. Um, we probably should show the React part of this since this is partly React as well. Um, yeah. Ryan, do you want to do that? Let me figure out. Uh, yeah, I've got stuff loaded up here. The, um, the Firebase stuff is actually working in the React app that really? I have going. Yeah. So that's something. That's positive. So what we're hearing is that Firebase may be down in the U.S. but working up in Canada. Yeah, that's typically the case, isn't it? <laughs> well, we've got it going. You guys can see the Mission Control app here? Yes. Yes. Cool. So this is using a React shell and is consuming the Angular element that Brad was talking about. So this is a really good example of you can have like your your base application be in whatever. In this case, it's React, and you can consume that Angular element, which is just again just a web components. Um, you can just essentially drop it in. And the thing that I really like about, I guess, web components and you know Angular elements um, as an extension is that in this fashion, uh, using them in this way, they really become this like just this little kind of widget that you can pass around which accepts inputs and gives back outputs so it's got these like connection points you can connect into it and then it's got something to uh connect out of it as well um which you know we we like that fact about functions when we're programming we like that fact about components and really here you get like a, a, the best of all all worlds i think because you can just drop these things in as long as your outside app knows how to work with whatever the component expects and then work with whatever the component will output, then you've got something that you can toss around at will. So this mission control app, again, this was for our ng-conf talk and a couple other talks that we did this year. Um, the idea here is we were showing how the Canadian Space Agency wants to share the same resources with NASA and they want to be able to take NASA's component that they built, drop it into their app. But of course, the Canadian Space Agency is using React instead of Angular. So here's a good way to, to mix things up. Um, so Brad, try, if you got the discombobulator open, maybe just try like clearing this. I just want to see if we can get this working and show, there you go. So there's the temperature cleared. And then if you uh, hit the high temp now, what we get is the warning up at the top. So the really important part about this is that like that warning is that's all on the React side. There's no Angular happening there, um, but it's by virtue of the events that Angular is outputting from the components from this main area here that we're able to choose to display this warning in the application. So let's look at some code. So I'll stop that and let's go over here, share this screen. Application window, let's share this one. So those input and outputs that we declare in those components really become the API surface for the web components that get built out that we that other people would use. Yes, absolutely, yeah. So you can think of it as like, you know, your components that you're going to publish and that you're going to distribute, you, they'll have a, a certain defined API of both input and output, right? So they become just this, um, you know, unless someone looks into them, looks inside, they become this kind of black box that just um, is going to do whatever it needs to do and give you a result uh, at the end. Kind of like a function, I guess, ultimately, a function that renders something on the screen. 
Um, so yeah, let's take a look in this React application. So just a really simple React app built with Create React app, and nothing crazy going on here. I, I will highlight a couple of the parts that are important to using an Angular element in React, um, but. Aside from just like the stuff that we've got here, like displaying a logo and some text and uh, some other items, the uh, the important part is that we've got this ISS temperature gauge. And this itself is that Angular element. So this represents, this points to the web component that Brad built with Angular elements. And just like you saw how he was using um, certain inputs on his side, he had a, a unit of, um, on his side, he had a unit of Fahrenheit, but here we've got a unit of Celsius uh, because this is use, being used by the Canadians, which use the proper unit of temperature. So we decide here to just display Celsius. And um, and yeah, so that the component itself knows what to do with this unit, right? Um, and that's kind of that black box effect. As long as you give the component something that it can work with, uh, inside the component, it can figure out how to use that input. Um, so that's on the input side. And the other uh, thing to look at then would be like, what do we, how, how do we use outputs? And, you know, if you're thinking of like a, an Angular application, you'd probably want to do something like, um, something like this, like where you have uh, an event binding, uh, you know, you'd, um, you know, mixing together. Well, if it was Angular, you'd do something like this, handle, event, whatever, right? But that's uh, not going to work for React. This isn't really any valid anywhere else that I know of outside of Angular. Um, instead, what you've got to do is set up your events to work a little bit differently. And the key here in React is to set up a ref. So this is a little bit gets a little bit crufty. It's a little bit kind of um, you know, it's not not the nicest thing to work with uh, in React and, and Angular elements together but it works. So here's what we do. We set up a ref, and this is a React thing. You can set this key of ref on your element, uh, and then you can give it a method, for example, so that you can have a pointer to this DOM element. Then you're able to interact with it and you know listen for events off of it and that sort of thing. So we set up a ref and we point it to something called handle ref. And if we look up here, handle ref is just this method which takes in um, a component. And then it's just going to kind of turn back and point it to something else on our React application uh, in our React class here. So we've got ISS temperature components. That's just a member here on our, our overall components. And then when this component boots up, what we can do is set up an event listener. And this is kind of where things get a bit crufty, I think. Like having to go through and set up event listeners in this way, not the nicest thing to do. We can probably extract some of this to a library, generalize it a bit so that we can uh, just put a simple pointer on our uh, on our elements that we consume. Like if we had you know, 10, 20 different elements going on in the application, maybe we just have some kind of uh, you know, utility method here that's going to set up the event listeners. So that's probably not a big deal, but still a bit, bit crufty. Um, but the important part, I think, the part that I like to highlight is that from this event, we don't just get uh, notice that an event is um, uh, an event happens, right? Like this high temp event, we we don't just get informed that the um, that an event happened. We also get information out of it. So we have our our event object, and that is where we can get things like what the name of the event is, and in this case, what the temperature is that uh, that has been uh, that has triggered that high temp warning, right? So whatever the component, the Angular element is set up to do to output in terms of information, that's what we can get here. And it means we can use it in the React application. So we can call set state and set uh, set the fact that there is a high temp warning, set the name of the event, et cetera. Um, so again, just uh, an important uh, detail, I suppose, is that you know we're extracting we're, we're consuming the uh, component, the Angular element, in a way that it, it's not really concerned itself with what's going on in the overall application. It's just listening for inputs and uh, emitting events when, when the time is right to emit, emit those events. Then it's up to our overall application, the surrounding application, to deal with that. 
So this is cool because it means these things are portable. It means you can move them around as you wish. You can sort of easily transport them. Um, and it becomes a, a nice way, I think, to be able to work with um, with various frameworks together in the same organization. You might have you know, teams that are working with Angular, teams working with React, some others that are working with Vue, um, you know, if that's the way that your organization is set up, um, which is, you know, it's a common case, then you can start to, to share these things around. Um, and yeah, that's that's how you do things on the React side. Uh, Ryan, I have a question for you. Yep. I, I, okay. In React, like, let's say you wanted to wire up to a click event on a on an element in there. How do you do that? You do that the same way with this add event listener. If you wanted to listen for clicks, especially, um, yeah, I guess what you would do, because like Brad, how is this emitted from the Angular element itself, the high temp? It's just using an event emitter. So I mean, if you have a click event. I mean, your click event is going to target a function in the Angular app. And at that point, you can still emit it. So you're just listening. Whatever whatever event you're firing the emit on, I don't think would matter. I think you would yeah. still set up an event listener because it's just an event. So to answer your question there, question there Justin, because in React, like say this was a React component, um, you know, so maybe it's something more like uh, ISS temp. Or even if it was a button, just a, a native well, yeah. button, right? And you wire, wire up the click event. That's what I'm thinking. You, you would do on click, right? Something like that. And then you'd have a, a function that you can run. So in this case, like that's a very React thing that uh, React itself is looking for. If you wanted to be able to listen to clicks uh, that have to do with your Angular element, I suppose there's a couple ways you could do it. But one way might just be that you've got your angular element itself giving back like an on click event so that can come from the element say there's like various parts of that element that might be clicked um you know so maybe it's on header click right something like that and you can hook up you can hook up an event listener that way so um, my, my question on this is that high temp ends up as an event on that dom element at that web component just like natively right like same way we mm -hmm. have a on click event on a button. So could you use that same stuff in React where you do on click to just do high temp equals a function and get access to it? Because essentially uh, my mind is going, well, if you're doing add event listener, that's just native DOM stuff to wire up mm -hmm. to that high temp, right? Can you just do the same way in React and not have to need all that add event listener part? Um, I suppose, I mean, the event that is gonna be emitted being this high temp event, as long as that like, that that wouldn't be hit if it was an on click though, right? Like where would you have that on click event? Right. Maybe? So it's not the on like scroll back down if you can uh, to the markup. And so after that ref, if you just did uh, uh, high temp, so no on click, just high temp, right? The same name equals a function or equals the the brackets. So as if you're doing an on click, but you're doing it for high temp because high temp is event on that DOM element, right? Hmm. Because at this point, it's native uh, web element, DOM element. It's not Angular's kind of out of the picture, right? Yeah, it. Uh, my thought is that it might not work because of this ref stuff that we need to do. But let's just try it out. Um, <clears throat> you won't be able to see my screen, but I'll just uh, I'll take a look here. And you'll have to take my word for it. Yeah, my other thought is that it, um, if on is a convention that uh, React is using, it might be actually on high temp. Um, that if this one doesn't work, they'd potentially do on high temp as well. On high temp? Okay. I mean, try this, and then we could try both. Let me uh, do one thing here, because it's giving me errors. Ref. Okay, hit the high temp there, Brad, if you could. Yeah, so Brad's hitting the high temperature. I'm not getting anything from this uh, this right here. You were thinking on high temp? Yeah, right? on with like a capital that? H. Because to me, because... the browser event for a click is just lowercase c click, right? And what when you subscribe to that or tell React that you want to use that, it was on click. So uh, potentially mm -hmm. being able to consume that same event this way. Right. I Maybe. Brad hit the high temp again. All right, I'm gonna reset it again. Is it reset? Yep. All right. Yeah, I got nothing. 
Nothing, nothing. So uh, I'm not sure. I, you know, I, I'd have to dig a little bit deeper myself. I know that there's a lot of, uh, there's just a lot of ceremony around this ref that has to be there. And I wonder if that is also in and of itself a limiting factor in being able to do, to attach uh, event listeners in the way that you're describing. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, but yeah, if you're doing if you're doing things the quick and dirty way, anyway, it's uh, it's going to be like this: adding event listeners. I want I want to talk about that for a quick second. Uh, for anybody who may not be using a framework who wants to be able to consume these Angular elements, um, that as Justin pointed out, that's just native DOM. The add event listener, you find a reference to the DOM element, you say you want to add an event listener to that particular event. But going full circle back to where we started from. High temp is, I believe, just an at output decorated uh, event emitter within Angular. That it that the Angular Angular elements uh, when it does create uh, custom elements is that it will take that output and wire that up as a custom event that you can then listen to. So you don't have to do anything special inside your Angular component as you're setting that up. Just basically say at output event emitter and then emit those particular events uh, within that component. Mm -hmm. So you have yeah, it's a new It's a neat way of using components for sure. Um, you know, Brad and I have been intrigued about this, and I think there's a there's a strong and growing use case for it, especially when it comes to upgrading Angular applications, and then when it comes to sharing the same components between various frameworks or even just vanilla JavaScript or vanilla web. You know, it's uh, it's neat. Give it a shot. Give it a try. It's the future, and it's here now, right? The future is now. The future is here. It's the Tesla of code. Tesla. <laughs> <clears throat> All right, well, at the top of the hour, so a little past it. So let's uh, we can wrap up. Any last final comments? Are we good on the elements and all that stuff? That was really a cool demo. I thought uh, it was very cool. I was on the edge of my seat the whole time. Me too. I was just on the edge of my seat hoping things would work. <laughs> very cool. All right, let's do some quick picks, and then we'll wrap it up. Our panelists, do we have any picks today? Bonnie, Bonnie, I see your hand up, Bonnie. Normally, I would pick something that hasn't happened yet, but this time I'm going to flip it and pick something that just happened. Um, I just got back from the first annual Rome, uh, NG Rome Comp, and it was amazing. It was amazing. The first time they ever did this, uh, they pulled it together. Leonardo Zizimia, who's been on the show before, uh, really was heading everything up, and uh, it was a great organizing team. Super fun. Uh, Bella Roma. Uh, I hope that they do it every year, and uh, and I would highly recommend it if you get the opportunity to go to NG Rome next year. You should totally plan on that. Nice, nice. Who else? Alyssa, do you have a pick? My yes, um, right, is actually Ryan's podcast that he does on the reg at Coder Podcast. I added it to our Twitter chain, but um, I love. I love listening to the way he explains things and I've, I'm seeing like a bunch of awesome stuff on Twitter around this podcast. So I'm thinking you should check it out. Thank you. <laughs> hey, speaking yeah. of podcasts, can I, can I squeeze in another uh, pick? Because isn't there another episode of uh, NGBS coming on tonight? Oh my God. I'm so excited. <laughs> uh, this one's about what? About schematics, isn't it? What time is that? I yep. mean, more promised schematics. They may or may not deliver it. It could be baking. I don't know. Anything it could can be about seeded grapes or something, right? We go in with a plan on NGBS, and the plan may or may not stick. So the plan is to go through schematics tonight, uh, nine o'clock uh, Eastern time. So if you're interested, Justin will uh, throw. Well, I'll throw a link in the YouTube chat if anybody is interested. Um, I have a pick as well. Uh, that is not NGBS. Uh, I am picking Mr. Robot. It came back for season four, and the first episode was fantastic. I thoroughly enjoyed it. So be sure to check that out. Awesome. All right, now to our guests. Brad, do you have a pick? Uh, yeah, I have actually more than one pick, if that's okay. Uh, the first pick is Ryan's voice. It is so uh, radio quality and amazing. Um, so yes, his podcast is amazing and his video tutorials are amazing and stuff. So anyway, such a like, professional well, you, voice. You know. <laughs> uh, the second one is uh, NG Girls. Um, I think that's a great 
um, organization and a great, uh, the right word is escaping me, initiative, I guess is a good word. Um, I got to do a, uh, be a mentor for the NG Girls Online a couple of weeks ago, and that was a blast. And um, it was really cool because we had people from all over the world, which was amazing. Um, and it was just a lot of fun. So I want to uh, pick that. Good pick. Nice. Uh, my pick would be I. the last conference I have, conference talk this year, is the GraphQL Summit in San Francisco, uh, the very last two days of this month. So if anyone's around and you want to go, that would be awesome to see you. Um, that's my first pick. My second pick is some people may have seen this on Twitter. I don't know if I'll be able to give you a good view or not, but this amazing angular uh, shield on my wall that my father-in-law uh, built. Uh, it's wood. It's uh, you know super well done. And I'm trying to convince them to make a bunch of these and sell them. So if you know anybody that wants to buy one, you should. Hi. Hi. <laughs> it's uh it's a cool it's a cool thing and um you know it, it looks great on the wall make a good christmas gift so uh that's a bit of a, a shame shameless or shameful pick if uh, depending on how you look at it but uh yeah those are my two i need i need I to apologize. Oh, hold on i need to apologize in advance before i say this but could we potentially call that sign an angular element oh that is angular. Able to. No, okay i apologize well, I don't really care what you call it, but I think it would look great back there during the stream. <laughs> oh, yeah. So I definitely want to order one. So yes, please right. put in the word that we want to order. I'll try to convince him. I think that we should have uh, ask ask him if he can do uh, the the NG Air logo, mm -hmm. and then we could get like and and maybe we could get a discount for uh, if we had like matching ones. Yeah. A volume discount, perhaps. So we might need to start like a, yeah. a GoFundMe or Kickstarter or whatever, right? To get to pay for that customization. That sounds pretty expensive. <laughs> yeah, but I want, but I want an LED light. Uh, I want an LED backlit with a battery, so that there's not a mm. cord. Yeah, I'm trying to figure out a good way to do that, and I've got some ideas. I'm gonna try to try to um, figure something out here. Maybe a battery back on the back back side of it. Yeah, they have like totally uh, Bluetooth-enabled lighting tape. Right, that mm -hmm. you can put on there. So that'd probably be a solution you could do. That's over the shelf. Well, yeah, but the Bluetooth enabled is going to get pricey. If it's just an LED like thing with a, then it's going to be, then it's going to keep the. I mean, unless you want to drive the car. I mean, I don't know if you're paying, but uh, <laughs> it's amazing artwork. I think it's worth it, right? Yeah, it's all if it's Bluetooth right? enabled, so we can change the color. It's tech. You have to use Bluetooth enabled. <laughs> I mean, it's yeah, yeah. Well, there is that. Is, there is that. It's possible. Christmas time is coming, Ryan. Yeah. All right. Well, special order these. Speaking of holidays, let's put a bow on this thing and wrap it up. Uh, cool. Brad, Ryan, thanks a ton for sharing your time, coming on and, and sharing thanks. this content. We we really really appreciate it. Thank you. Absolutely. No problem. Good to be here. So I would, uh, one one more little small pick and shameless plug. Uh, Chris Savaleha or Savaleha. Savaleha. And I are speaking at Angular Mix coming up in nice. November. So I would like to pick Angular Mix. Woo! Keep going. So, yeah, should be Good, fun. Brad. Woo. All right. All right. Sorry. Good. Thanks again. Everybody have a good one. We'll catch you next time. See you. Bye-bye.